total truth. No, 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 no. See the way society is built today, like a trap. It's built in a way that keeps you in the dark. Cause if your light shines through, you might figure out who and what you are. A magnificent being. Don't be scared of that. Do not be scared. That's why I'm here to help you remember the powers within. Hi, welcome to Brown and Spiritual AF. I am Isela Garcia and I'm with Mark Sanchez. Mark, you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I am Mark Sanchez. And that's all I really have to say at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you, we, um, this is our first time coming together in this podcast, and I just want to share how this happened. So we're students of uh, Course of Love, and we meet virtually, you know, because of the pandemic. And so we meet and we are basically developing our spirituality, understanding who we are, learning to live in that presence and everything that we do. And one particular day, not too long ago, actually, I, all of a sudden I got this like, like a light bulb, like literal light bulb. And for me, when that happens, it's really about spirit coming through and saying, you really need to do this. Out of nowhere, I say to Mark, um, do you do podcasting? <laughs> He's like, no. And I said, well, I think we're supposed to do this together. So we really are just in the process of figuring out um, how to groove together in really reflecting on our spirituality and where our ethnicity sort of that intersection of those two things and the significance of sort of showing up, I think, um, showing up and, and really expressing and extending what it means to each of us, uh, this spiritual growth and development. What do you think, Mark? Yes, um, <laughs> it's really interesting how things happen, right? Because I've been sitting here the last few weeks trying to really hone in on like my brand and my personal um, presence online and whatnot. And and then being of um, being a student of the course of love, right? A lot of it is like getting out the way, and just letting it happen. And then for you to come out and say, "Hey, do you do podcasting?" <laughs> and then to say, "Hey," it's like, well, I guess that that door kind of just opened up, you know. So when I finally just got out the way and stopped trying so hard and just let things naturally flow, it just here we are. We're having this conversation right now, and um, to to really. Like, it's just, it's funny that I'm actually living the moment right now. I'm living how things just kind of unfold for you. You know, we always hear these stories on how things just happen. And you think, wow, I wish that would happen to me. Well, guess what? <laughs> it's happening right now, man. So yeah, this is this is an incredible opportunity. So thank you for, for having the idea. And then we kind of just roll with it, you know? Yeah, so just for any of our listeners, we really are figuring out how to groove together and um, really looking at what do we want to present in this podcast, right? Because we want it to be authentic and uh, organic, I think, that as things come up, each one of us have, I think, a very unique story. And I, I think so much of what we do is that we, we, pull, we don't talk about the truth of who we are and how we get where we are, how we get to where we are in this present moment, as you're describing. Because one of the things that I have worked on as well is um, learning to live fully in the now. And, you know, we're socially conditioned, right? To like, think about what's going to happen in, you know, three months from now, or what are my goals? Or, and we're projecting ongoing, like projecting future, 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 and we miss living in the present moment. And then what you said, I think really resonates with me when we learn to do that, things fall into place, right? 
Definitely, definitely. You know, like growing up, it was always, oh, where, where are you going to go to college at? Where are you going to get a job at? Where are you going to do this and that? And I was like, man, can I just like, I, I, I want to worry about my Ninja Turtles right now. <laughs> I want to worry about my Power Rangers, you know, but people are, my mom used to always tell me, it didn't matter what year it was, right? She'd always be like, your grades are counting this year. You know that, right? Your grades are counting this year, right? And she put that fair into me. So like getting good grades was, was simple because I didn't want to piss my mom off, right? <laughs> so she would put that, that idea in my head that my grades counted all this time. But as I, as I'm navigating the world now and I think about my grades then, did they really matter? <laughs> like, did they really matter? Like, what did I miss out on because I wanted to study, right? Like, what did I miss out on? So like right now, I'm just letting this kind of just roll off. You know what I mean? We're not really, we ain't got no notes. We ain't got no, we, we don't, we didn't make a plan. The plan was to show up at 1130, you know, actually it was supposed to be three o'clock and it got switched to 1130 and we just kind of roll with it, you know? So I'm, I'm really interested to see where, 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 where this leads us, where this takes us to actually like get out of that control mind state, right? That having a plan and it needs to look this way. Well, guess what? I'm in my friend Heather's angel room on the road and I have other things to do after this. And so it's kind of just fun to see that we, we actually are capable of creating the scenarios we would like to see if yeah. we really pay attention and are aware of it. Absolutely. Okay, so I have a question for you because it's been like, um, I would say months now um, that people have said to me, you need to connect with Mark. You need to connect with Mark. Like Mark, you guys need to connect in terms of your background and your life experience. And everyone has said to me that you have a very intriguing story. So I've been intrigued. We just haven't had time to sit down and talk. <laughs> now, what I want to say before we really get into kind of who we are is that just for listeners, you need to know that we're going to probably get pretty explicit in terms of language. Um, and one of the things that I've really come to an understanding of personally is that spirituality doesn't look a certain way. And I think for so many people, they look at like, you know, Deepak Chopra and Eckhart Tolle and a lot of these spiritual teachers and we go, oh, it's supposed to look that way. And for a long time, I was like, fuck that. You know, that's not yes. the way spirituality is to look. And I think that's what's nice about us is that I think we're showing up here. We're really authentic in the way that we're, we're hoping to approach this. So I want our listeners just to know, you're going to hear some F-bombs. You're going to hear some shit. You're going to hear all kinds of craziness. <laughs> and if that turns you off, and if you think that's not what spirituality is, then find another podcast. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm responsible for what I say, not how you take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Mark, I want to know about you. Tell me about um, how, how did this come to be? And what does spirituality mean to you? Like, what is Ooh. that? Well, spirituality, right? It, it's so funny because I just got off. I, I, I had a crazy weekend the other weekend and, and I showed on my story, like we, we were smoking a blunt, right? <laughs> we were just hanging out, just having a good time. You know what I mean? Somebody was like, hey, you're supposed to be spiritual. I said, like, you know what? This is spirituality. This is not religion. Okay. So um, spirituality to me, I think it's only been like two years that I really dove deep into this, right? It started with my, um, my health journey. Like I was overweight, right? I was 180 pounds, um, pre-diabetic, right? You know, it's kind of going down that line. You're looking at your family members. They're all, we all look the same. We're all round, you know what I mean? And pudgy. And that just was like the norm. But I thought to myself, wait a minute, this can't be right. There's no way you're telling me that I have to follow this line 
like I have no say so in this. It's just genetic. Well, at that time, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm a rule breaker. I'm going to see if this is going to let me see if I could change this. What I got to lose. Right. I don't want to. I'm scared of needles. Right. <laughs> and I see people that are on diabetes and they have to like give themselves shots. And I was like, fuck that. I ain't doing that. What can I do? I'd rather die in the gym before I have to stick myself with a needle. Right. So that was really my first intro into spirituality because I, I decided to take simple daily disciplines, right? And I started to walk and then I started to run and then I started getting healthier and clearer. But then when I started, for whatever reason, right? I didn't know this was going to happen, right? I just did it. Um, as I started getting cleaner and I started getting leaner, I started getting these ideas in my head, right? Things synchronous before they were synchronicities. I thought they were just coincidences, right? Coincidence started happening. People showed up and they'd say, Hey, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? Do you know what channeling is? Um, do you know what a light worker is? And I was like, what? This shit is all foreign to me. Like what? Get away from me, you crazies. But I was curious. It spoke, it sparked a curiosity in me. Right. Wait, so I picked wait, up a book. Wait, wait, stop. Okay. So where the hell do you get somebody coming up to you and just randomly saying that? Like, how did that even happen? people about light workers and like really when did well, that happen well see i work in a um i work in the hospitality industry right um i'm a i'm a server right uh people say server i say hospitality agent it's all about the wording right <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the wording but as well because I and, I and i work in this field and what had happened was was my brother started dating this girl right and um, I was just getting into this. Like I just got my health under control and I started and, and, and I was just, I, the law of attraction, right? Um, the secret really sparked the interest in me. And then my, I would tell my brother about this stuff. My brother would be like, you're, you're fucking crazy, bro. You know what? Keep that woo-woo shit to yourself, you know? And he was just kind of like, I think, are you all right, bro? What, are you smoking marijuana still or is it something else? <laughs> and, uh, and then she, this, this lady came into my life, right? And then she introduced me to like, um stones she introduced me to like rocks and crystals and sage right and sage and uh crystals are part of my ancestry you know what i mean i'm native american so this stuff well, we, i brought up seeing it anyways but i never paid any mind or any attention because you know we were out in the streets doing other stuff but i work in the restaurant industry right so and and then my friend introduced me to stones and she introduced me to sage well then just be, be me being me, what I didn't know at the time was my energy was shifting, right? My energy was changing and it was, it was gravitating. It was pulling people towards me that would help pave the way, would help show me another direction, right? So with that being said, a lady walked up to me one day was like, hey, do you know what a light worker is? I was like, that's a random question. And I was like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to say, right? I, I was like, no. She was like, well, you just have this amazing energy about you. And I was like, oh. Okay, you know, and then she starts elaborating. She said, You should go pick up this book. It's called The Light Worker Source and just read it and see what happens. And I was like, Okay, you know, I didn't I didn't think nothing of it, I didn't pay any mind to it. She just we were working, I've been taking care of her for a while, and she just noticed the shift in me. She noticed that I changed like my physical look, and then she but she noticed an energy. And that was the first time anybody's ever said anything about energy to me, right? I thought energy was just like something that you you get when you drink a lot of caffeine or when you um, when you're low in energy and you're tired and you go to sleep I didn't realize that energy attracts other energies and that's what had happened when I when I got opened up to certain things and I got exposed it's like the more and more you open up and you get exposed to things the more things get attracted to you so that was the first time I heard about 
lightworking. And so, of course, just like anybody else in this day and age, I went on YouTube, I typed in lightworker, and holy shit. <laughs> I, I shit you not, I probably spent like six months just researching stuff after I read that book. Wow. And my mind, my mind was blown. It was, it, I, I was over, overwhelming a little bit, but at the same time, um, something happened inside of me. Uh, I don't normally get emotional, right? I don't typically get like uh, we were taught to like, you don't let your emotions out. Emotions are weakness and you suppress them and you be tough, you be mad and you go out there, you don't get walked on. Um, but I came across um, a, a wake up call. I think it was called and it was something about Palladians, right? And, but I listened to this message and it, and it struck a chord to me, like woke something up in me. And I got emotional. I remember sitting there laughing to myself, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why am I crying? Like, that was just, it, it just, it was, it was a weird sensation, right? And it wasn't really sadness. There was like a happiness mixed together. And I, I remember sitting there in my room thinking, did this really just happen? What was that? And it just really sparked a more curious, it more sparked more curiosity. So now where I come from, right? These types of things are not a Catholic background, right? You're taught, you say 10 Hail Marys, five Hail Marys, four Our Fathers, and then you're, 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 um, you're, you get a pass for your drinking. (laughs) 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 You know, so it was, it was, it's only God and Jesus that allows you to feel these certain ways, right? But you being opened up that way, like I said, where does somebody come up? It's just random and it just happened because I, uh, an interest was sparked in me, you mm. see, and of course, there's a lot of other things that transpired to get here. But you know, we're we'll we'll get there. So, when that happened for you, um, what what then happened in terms of like, I mean, obviously, just knowing the little bit I know about your you, you kept reading, kept watching, kept right, you kept getting more and more information because it resonated with you. What happened with, or what has happened or continues to happen in terms of your family dynamics? I mean, now do you show up in this sort of and share your information? Like, what is that like? Yeah, at first I was really kind of scared, you know, because family is really um, Christian based. Uh And so you can't just say stuff like this because then they want you to come to church and they think that like you you got... you got possessed, right? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Um, but I'm pretty intelligent. And um, I, I started recognizing similarities, right? Started recognizing similarities. And um, especially with my, like my background, my family is really Pentecostal, right? Um, on one side and apostolic, and then of course, Catholic, right? So then I show up and I start talking about I had to be strategic about it, right? <laughs> I had to be strategic about it. So one of my aunts is really into like, uh, what do you call those little things? Little essential oils, right? right. Yeah. Essential oils and salt rocks, right? right? And I realized, wait a minute, we crystals are used in spirituality and we use essential oils. Do you know where this, do you know where this came from? So I looked up a little history, right? I started looking up like Native American background stuff. And so when I'd come to the table to speak about stuff, I would relate to things that she was able to relate to in her religion and be able to, 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 to shorten that gap in between spirituality and her religion, right? Because right. now I was able to 
have her visualize, wait a minute, what you're doing is not so different from this because we use the same type of tools, right? Mm -hmm. So it was, it, it was tough at first, don't get me wrong, because nobody wants to hear that hibbity hobbity manifesting stuff. It was only God, God provides and that's it. And you pray and then you wait, right? Well, I believe like, like, wait a minute, what the, we should be part of it. Like, I, I believe if you do pray, God's going to give you tools and you use those tools to go build a house or whatever it is, right? right? And for whatever reason, these people didn't think that way. So it was, it, it, it they, they did think I was possessed for a while. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's been actually it, only within the last year, I would say year, I, my grandmother passed away. My Nana passed away. And um, she, you know, it's interesting because I grew up Catholic on all sides of my family, but not really like practicing Catholic, <laughs> sort of like going to, for the holidays Catholic. Um, and that we're gonna pick the things that we think are most important and that's what we're gonna, you know, live by. Um, and my Nana, she was uh, probably into her eighties and, you know, she was very, very sort of, lack of a better way to describe her headstrong about her beliefs. And I kept my spirituality and I'm actually a medium. I'm a psychic medium. And I kept that under wraps for many years, like many years. I didn't tell anybody in my family and it felt like I was just suffocating half the time. Nobody um, knew that you were a medium? No. That's a, that's a big secret, yo. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really big secret. It was horrible. And even in my work, you know, it's like, it's, it's taboo. You know, people think of it that you're doing the work of the devil. And when she died, um, it was almost like I had this, I knew I was waiting for her to cross over because I actually had a better relationship with her as she was starting to that transition, because, you know, I can connect to people because we're energy, right? And so I was able to connect with her even while she was in and out of um, her physical body. And so when she, when she crossed over finally, when she um, died, my family were, you know, very, very tight family and were having a really hard time with her death, which I didn't understand because I don't fear death. And, you know, I'm like, y'all know she was dying for like 12 years. You know, it's like, why was it a surprise? <laughs> a 12 year death? Holy shit. <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't have as much attachment to people or like people in terms of like life and death, because I know that they continue to exist. We continue to exist beyond this physical form. So I'm not as attached to this physical form. So when she passed away, they were having a really hard time. And I came out to my dad and I remember now you kind of remember, like I'm damn near 50 years old. So I'm not young. And here my dad, damn, you look young. I know I'm not, I'm like a couple years shy of 50. So my dad, you know, it's so interesting because I'm a grown ass woman. I'm not like out of like 22 years old. And for whatever reason, I still, I had this trepidation. I was like, oh my God. And I don't even know what that is. Cause it's not like my family don't pay for my life. They don't, you know, it's like, I don't have anything that, I mean, the fear was, I didn't understand it. Basically. I didn't understand why that was such a scary experience for me. Even in that moment when we were on the phone, I called him and I said, hey, I just want to let you know something. And so I came out and said, you know, I have the ability to connect with people who have crossed over and he got real quiet. And I remember my heart just beating like, and it's just, I think about it like intellectually and I go, what the hell was I so afraid of, you know? 
And it really is, it's rejection, you know, it's saying that you are crazy, that you are all of the things <laughs> that, you know, I, you know, feared. And um, he got really quiet and he said, I believe you. And I remember in that moment, just sort of like taking a breath. And then he said to me, and I, and I shared with him what my Nana was saying to them and um, to the family as a whole. And he said, I really wish that you would do a video for everybody because everyone's having a really hard time with it. And it was like all of a sudden a 500 pound weight lifted off, to, off of my shoulders. And I did a video channeling her and addressed very specific details about what she said about her death and the services and all of that, that I had, I didn't know, like I didn't personally wasn't there when she said these things. And all of a sudden it was like, I felt like I could breathe. I could like, literally, I felt like, it was, okay, I can move on with this part of my life. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> that you, it, it's that approval, right? Yeah, totally. It's it's that okay. You're okay to be like that. You know what I mean? We might not. That that's the thing about like um growing like. So I was fortunate, right? Like, I was fortunate. My mom was very in. My mom was not like the rest of the Catholics, I guess you could say. Like she, we weren't really practicing all the time, anyways. Um, uh, as others were, it was more the family's um ideas of us. You know what I mean? Because my mom, she played with tarot cards, right? And she delved in that world. And to me, she, she didn't see what was scary. My mom was always open-minded. My mom, my mom never pressed her religion on us. She said, you'd be open-minded. And you could, we'd have a crazy conversation. I remember one time I said, mom, um, what if aliens are just us in the future and they're coming back? And she was like, that's a strange question. But you know what, mijo? You, you never know. I don't remember having this conversation. I was like nine years old or something like that, right? So my mom never held us back. She let our imaginations run wild. And she used to tell us who cares what our family members think, right? But we just got to act a certain way while we're around them. Don't let them know how weird we are, right? We kept it a secret. We kept their weirdness a secret, right? Because my mom would, she would play with tarot cards. She would let me play with them, but I was scared. Like it was intriguing, but at the same time, because of what my grandma said or what my uncles were telling us, I thought, shit, I could become possessed by playing with these things, right? And then my mom was the first time I was introduced to like a Ouija board. That really psychologically as a child, took me to another realm, right? Made me more curious, but more scared at the same time. Because how can I, I know for a fact that I wasn't moving this piece of equipment, right? And I know my mom wasn't a trickster of that sort, right? So that really, uh, at 10 years old, 11 years old, really opened my curiosity more. But because of the family, right? Because of having approval from them, we just kept this stuff hush-hush. Like we kept that between just us and we don't, talk about this stuff out in public it was something we had to wait till the doors were closed all the lights were off and the tv was off so we know nobody was paying attention to us right because it was we were like closet spirituality people <laughs> yeah yeah i know i was in the closet for a long time i totally get it you know what's weird about my family is that we had all these beliefs like when my great grandmother died i remember this i think i was like in the seventh grade a bird landed on the ledge of the window and my mom was like, oh, that's, that's grandma. That's, that's grandma talking to us. And, you know, she had all this, what the messages were and stuff. And it's like, that kind of stuff was okay. But the moment you start to say that you talk to another being or spirit or whatever, now you've crossed the line. Like you talk to angels or you hear angels that crosses a whole different line, right? Now that makes you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, exactly. you know what I mean? I would, like, five years ago, I would have been like, Mother Lover, you're fucking crazy. Like, don't come at me with that. Like, I don't, like, the birth thing's okay. But five years ago, you told me that. of like, get out of here. You know, I'm not doing no podcast with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, 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 but as you grow, as time grows and you get exposed to other things and you open up, you got to think about it in, 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 a, in a different way. Well, I even stop thinking. That's, I stop thinking, you know what I mean? I just go with what I feel and, well, what I just, I don't know, it's like a knowing, you know, it's just like when you get this feeling and you know something happens and then it happens, this is kind of like how this spirituality thing happened for me is when I finally, I, I didn't, I didn't really get wide awake and open until what, 35. So three short years ago. Right. And then it's been boom. Mm -hmm. It's been like a fast track since then, but way, way, way back then it was I, I having to thinking. If I would have thought back when I was 15, or even let's just say at 30 years old, if we were, if you were to tell me we'd be having this conversation right now, I'd be like, you're batshit crazy, lady. No, no, there's no way. I don't believe in that. And that's just the way it is. And I was solid on that, right? Right. Well, here we are. <laughs> it's crazy to me that this has been such a short, short experience for you because my journey started when I was a child. I mean, it literally started when I was a child. I'll, I'll share a quick story. So I come from an abusive background. And um, when I was, oh gosh, I must've been in high school, 16 years of age. And um, we, I'm older than you. So what that means is that we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have like, we had <laughs> the one telephone that was hooked up in the living room, right? And it was like the one like thousand foot cord <laughs> that could go through the whole house. But you, I couldn't use it without my mom's permission. I mean, she was like, it just, she had like serious issues and, um, and was super, super abusive. And I needed an outlet. And so I tried, we had an extra phone. And back then we had these like plastic Conair phones that, you know, the colorful ones that came out in the nineties. And um, I was determined to hook it up, like literally hook it up so I could call my dad. That's actually who I wanted to talk to. They had been divorced since I was like two. And um, so I spent the better part of probably six or seven hours. I pulled the cable out from the wall. I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't even know if it was like an electric cable. I didn't know. I just I knew that it had that phone outlet thing. And I was like, okay, I've got to figure out how to do this. I spent hours trying to get a dial tone. I went to sleep. And when I fell asleep, I had a dream in detail as to how to connect the phone. I sat up, I did exactly what was in the dream and I got a dial tone. Ooh. I have had those experiences my entire life, my entire life, but I didn't understand it. I just learned to trust it. It was like trusting that everything was gonna be okay. And back then that was what I considered my faith. I don't buy into faith anymore, but that's what kept me going. Now it's not faith, it's knowing. Like I have a deep seat of knowing, kind of like what you're describing, it's like things showed up for you and all of a sudden it's like you just know, right? There's, and, and there's no need to try to prove it. There's no need to try to convince someone else. It's just a knowing and it just is, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Now that, I, now, 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 now that you say things like that and you tell your story, it triggers memories because um, like for me, like you said, like faith, it's like, okay, it's kind of cool. It, it served its purpose, right? You know what I mean? Wishing, you know, it served its purpose, you know, but it took me out of the equation. But growing up, 
now that I can reverse engineer my life and look at the different things that happened and how they transpired, I'm like, holy shit. It's been there this whole time. I just wasn't open to it. I wasn't aware to it. Like, um, for instance, my mom would just call me randomly, right? So I come from a, a, a background where I used to sell drugs, right? I was in gangs and whatnot. And we did a lot of bad things. But one day in high school, my mom calls me and says, mijo, what are you doing? It's like, um, I'm at school, mom. She was like, be careful today. And I'm like, okay. She goes, like, I just got this feeling, you know? And I learned throughout time to listen to my mom, right? Um, so what I did was I got rid of all the stuff that was on me and I didn't make any deals that day. Right. Well, I didn't get the message to my brother fast enough, or he was already in trouble in custody. Right. What had happened was, was there was a plan to bust us. Right. But because my mom tipped me off and I listened (laughs) to my mom because she gets these feelings, right? Like I used to think to myself, my mom, she has these crazy feelings, but I learned to listen because the times I never listened to her is when I, I would, something bad would happen. I was like, my mom told me, you know, but as I was in high school, I was already listening. I was like, you know what? She might be right. And so I took the actions necessary. And that day, five of my friends, right? Five of my friends all in police custody. But oh. where it stopped was my, my homie, my, my brother that we've been friends since high school, right? He didn't snitch. He mm. stopped right then and there. And because I took the precautions, the police tried to come get me, but they had nothing, right? It, 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 it's things like that that I look back on is like holy smokes it's been with me this whole time I just I wasn't aware I, I was kind of pushing it away right like like kind of in there but not really I just thought my mom was like she, mom why don't you go buy a lottery ticket because that's a really good guess right <laughs> and you don't look at it as like these these but I, that's before I knew what intuition was right right so like for you you've been in this for like a long time and for me, it's only been since 35. Yeah. It's like something clicked. It's like it's like those movies you watch, right? And you have to wait till you're a certain age and somebody says, come with me if you want to live. And then you go and you have to trust this weirdo or the wizard <laughs> and they teach you the powers, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like right now. That's what it really is like right now. But um, just tuning myself and, and really getting in touch with who I am inside the person I've known to I've known who I was this whole time but kind of just put it on the back burner right, right. so <laughs> here so we are having this you said something I want to kind of lean into a little bit you met, said something about wishing and praying were all good and then you leaned into the you said something about co-creating well I'm putting my words to it um co-creating a reality So this is a big teaching, I think, for a lot of us is this idea of prayer and seeking outside ourselves, Um, like praying to God and what you said earlier, and then waiting, right? You need to wait to see what happens. And then the shift, though, and this is really hard for folks, because there is this belief, especially if you grow up in religion, that um, God is outside of you, and that God and, you know, you're going to ask for these things, and God knows what's best for you. And so a shift happened for me, and it sounds like you have the same sort of or similar experience that um, we are co-creators of this experience of our lives. And that we, and for me, what I believe is that I'm an aspect, I'm a unique aspect of God. So God is actually an internal experience, not an external, because growing up Catholic, there was this God on the throne with judgment, right? Like I needed to do these certain things in order to be, to get God's love and approval and acceptance into heaven. I mean, that's just everything that I've been taught. 
And that shift, I think, of recognizing myself as a co-creator in this experience that I get to create the life I'm having um, is a huge, I mean, it's so empowering, but at the same time, I think you have to take responsibility for your own behaviors and your own actions because sort of the way you thought and the way you perceive things is what kind of got you where you are. Um, so what do you think about that? Oh, <laughs> what do I think? Yeah, that's a, you know, before we thought like the um, life happens to us, right? Right. Life happens to us. Everything's written in the stars and that's just the way it is. And you pray to God and he helps only the worthy, right? You were born dirty. Yep. You were born sinful and you spend your whole life trying to undo all the bullshit you, you, you were born into, right? You're paying for people's sins that came before you, right? Right. And um, that was really big in, in our heads because it, 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 um, it, it spilled over into family, right? Like you don't shame your family. You, you live up to this name, right? And so uh, the, the shift happened when I realized, wait a minute, what if like, I'm, I'm not, I didn't get kicked out of school, right? At one time I got kicked out of school. I didn't get kicked out of the school because God or the devil made me do it. I chose to do that. Like the devil didn't put the gun in my hand. I suck out to go find the gun, right? And I brought the gun to school and I made that deal. The devil didn't do it for me. Like I did it. You know, that was my decision. And when, when I really started to to comprehend and reverse engineer my life, right, is where the concept happened. Wait a minute. Hold on. I had every opportunity to go left or go right, right? Left or right. And sometimes I chose to go straight. There was, what do you mean go straight? You only got left or right. Well, there's got to be a different way, right? There's more than one way up a tree, right? There's more than one way up a mountain. There's more than one way to build a boat, you know, especially in the world we live in. Look, you had different colored phones back then before you used to have to dial in a circle. And then all of a sudden you push buns. And now I'm holding a phone in my hand and I'm talking to you like it's a magic mirror, right? right. <laughs> so that shift happened when I realized, wait a minute, these are decisions that I made. It's not my mom's fault. You know what I mean? Even though she, she decided to go to prison, right? It's not my dad's fault that he sold drugs to put food on the table. It was my decision to pick up the drugs and start selling them. It was my decision to go get those guns. It was my decision to start a gang, right? So when I realized that, and it took quite a few lessons, right? I, I failed my way to the top, I guess you could kind of say. So like, it was just a lot of that, that moment happened that, you know what I mean? It, it was my decision, but I had to make that conscious decision to go inside and realize that, hey, I have to take responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. I think that responsibility piece is a really hard one because what you started with, you said, uh, life happens to us. And it's one of the things I grew up hearing all the time. You know, when I ask family, how are you doing? Ah, CS, la vida, you know, that life is like that, or it's just the way that it is. <laughs> you know, it's like, woe is me, right? And, yeah. you know, life has dealt me and, and I, you know, it's hard for me to say this because, you know, we are, we come from a marginalized group, right? And I mean, we can talk about, you know, white supremacy, we can talk about all of those things that I think influence the life, the experiences that we have in this physical form. I think the challenge, however, is that um, for us is that we can either perceive our experience as something that happens to us or something that happens for us. 
And my revelation after, you know, I left home literally with the shirt on my back, like literally left home. My mom slowed the car down. I jumped out of the car at ASU. I had a scholarship to ASU and I didn't see her again. And um, so, and, and my mom, my, our relationship, even to this day, like we've seen each other maybe twice, didn't have any conversations. So it's been close to 30 years that, um, you know, I haven't seen my mom. She's kind of, she holds grudges really well. She perfects that. And um, so one of the things for me was learning forgiveness, number one. Number two, that that experience that I had as a child happened for me. And it happened for me um, as a vehicle for me to get to this place where I am today. And the process of learning to forgive, to recognize her role in my life, like she was, it was intended for us to be in relationship with one another. How it played out was, you know, there's free will, but it was an abusive situation. And because of that experience, I've been able to do so many things. Um, and I've worked with kids in crises. I've worked, I was a director of a crisis intervention program, children who have been, you know, experiences, experiencing homelessness with their family, um, domestic violence, addiction, all of those things. I was able to do that work effectively because of my experiences as a child. And so for me, it was like a huge aha moment that this shit that I could have sat and wallowed in, right? I could have been like, oh, life is sucks and bad things happen to me and nothing good happens. I could have done that or I could have really stepped into the experience knowing that it and recognizing how it happened for me as an opportunity for me to release the pain, to release the resentment, and to really, truly learn how to forgive. Definitely, definitely. And that's, that's a tough one, especially coming from like um, a Mexican background, right? right? Where it's like the majority rules, right? Yep. yep. Like, you know, you know, your aunt, uh, whatever you guys say, Matiche, you know, she's always talking and <laughs> gossiping, right? And, but you know what? You respect her, damn it. You know, we talk shit about her over here, but when we go to her house, we don't say nothing, right? Yeah. We all hate her, but we go and we eat her tamales because it tastes delicious. And we go and we put up with that shit and we go home, right? right. And yeah. that's just the way it is. Like we've learned to accept, you know, we learn to tolerate behaviors of that nature just because we're family, right? So spirituality brought a whole new concept of family to me, you know, and I, and I learned this in high school was because, um, my brother, Joey, right? The one that didn't tell on me, right? The day my mom gave me that call and said, hey, be careful. He didn't snitch, right? Since that day, we've been ride or die, right? And I realized, wait a minute. I got somebody that's not even part of my family that has my back more than my actual family members have, yeah. right? Like, what is that concept that, what, what, that concept of like soul family um, was already being implemented into my head, right? You, people say, you don't get to choose your family. That's no, I, I, I believe we do get to choose family blood doesn't tie me to you, right? That's a decision. I could stay in that abusive relationship if I want to, or I could say F your blood, you know what I mean? Blood in, blood out, well, I'm blood out. <laughs> I'm right. out of this place, right? So it's, it's really interesting. Like I said, I'm not sure what other cultures are really like, but in, 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 my, in my Hispanic background and my Mexican background, it was you, you, you back the family up no matter what, whether you believe in what they believe in or not. But I was the one, I was that black sheep, right? I was the one that decided to leave. And then they were like, oh, Mark thinks he's too good for us. It's like, yeah, no, I totally. just don't believe in the dumb shit. Oh, completely. 
I'm there with you. Black sheep, you think you're too good for us? Right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Why do families, families do that shit? You know? Yeah, you know, it, it is. It, it is crazy. It is crazy. I think what really, what, what, what helped me understand that with family was when I limited myself with gangs, right? And uh, we wore a certain color and you weren't allowed to hang out with somebody else that wore a different color, right? This is just a color. I can't hang out with you because of this. But when I was in school and we had to work in class with each other, right? Because you're in class, you have to be good. You realize, wait a minute, I know I'm wearing brown and you're wearing red and we're supposed to hate each other out in the streets, but we're in this classroom, you're funny as fuck. And I love <laughs> you, you're like, yeah, damn, you're smart. You know what I mean? But then yeah. that changes when we when we go back out into the streets, you have to forget that you had a connection with that person, right? You have to forget that you had a compassionate moment and you had to go back to cutthroat. You had to go back to like, motherfucker, I'll shoot you. <laughs> like, and, then, and like the same was with family, right? When you go over to your aunt's house, you don't talk about her. You wait till you go home and then we talk about her, right? And then you go do 10 Hail Marys and God will forgive you for being a matiche. <laughs> Oh my God, I have, I have, oh, I tell a story about that, about we're making tamales and we're all standing around making tamales. <laughs> and, and my tia walks out of the room and they're like, ay mija, you know what your tia did? You know what this happened? And they go on and on about my tia and her son and my cousin and this and that and that. She walks in the room and everyone's making tamales like nothing, like what they weren't just talking about her. And then my <laughs> other tia leaves the room and it's the same shit, you know? It's, yes. It's like, we're okay with that. We're okay with talking shit about each other. And I never understood that. <laughs> oh, yes. Why that's such an important part of the culture. And you know, and I say important part of the culture because it's all, it's so normal that people don't, folks don't even know that they're doing it. No, they don't. It's like you, you they, that see their, their sixth sense, their, their, their intuition knows when that person they want to talk about leaves the room and they know when that person they're talking about is coming back. So they're spiritual and they're in tune and they don't even know it, right? They're just doing it unconsciously and they're using that gift for something that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> you see, it's really no different. If you look at it that most, like, how did you know you were even going to, you, I wasn't even in the room. You know what? It's so funny. My mom, she would yell at us, right? And then she would leave the room. Then we'd put our finger up like this. She'd be like, I saw you, right? <laughs> or we'd, we, we, would, we would say out in there, we'd be like, <laughs> she'd be like, I heard Joe going there, whoop you. You know what I mean? And it's funny to think like, we, we did, we accepted that for so long. We allowed it to happen. And for whatever reason, anytime I heard gossip, it just hurt me internally. And my mom knows, my friends and family know, like the, you don't call Mark or you don't call Darko and talk about, other people because he's not going to hear it and I let them know and for the longest time I was looked at as oh you think you're better it's like right. no I just don't want you talking about this fool because you're just going to go kick it with them anyways why are you talking shit about them you know right. Right. and then I would tell you know what he said about you and then I was a snitch <laughs> like no you're I'm not the snitch you're the bitch for not telling him to his face <laughs> but you know what we we laugh about that but let, let's I kind of want to speak to that because for me, what that has been is living with integrity. And living with integrity means that I'm in alignment with my highest truest self. And Ooh. because my highest truest self already knows um, there is no fear and my highest truest self because only love is real. Only love is real. So when I can align with love, um, it's, 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 I, I extend that for, in everything that I do when I align with that. And within that comes integrity. It's living in that truth 
and um, learning how to speak from an honest place. And I think that's one of the things, again, social conditioning, we're not taught to do. We're taught to oh. do the opposite of that. Total opposite. And for those that don't know, for like when you say love is all there is, for when somebody that feels like fear is real, right? Somebody right. that totally says like, wait a minute, hold on. You just said love is all there is, but I feel fear. What would you say to that person? What is what is fear? Well, fear is a part of the ego. It's false evidence appearing real. So the ego is the belief that we are separate from God. It's something that, and, and love, if love is truly all that exists, love is God. And we are an aspect of that. We are love basically embodied. The problem is, is that we believe that we're separate from God. And so that is the ego. And we have a, a collective ego. You don't have an ego and I don't have an ego. It's a collective ego. Um, the belief that we have separate egos is also a very egocentric belief because I'm special enough to have my own, right? But it's this collective separation. And in that separation, we believe in, we believe things, and granted, I want to say living in this, in this 3D body, um, there are external fears, right? We have fears of getting hit by a car or somebody doing something horrible to us or our house burning down. Those are the fears that we have in this third dimensional experience. Um, but in the truth of who we are, once we are done in this physical, because that gets into the illusion and whether this is true or not true, but once we're done in this physical body, we continue to exist beyond this. And in that space, only love exists. And it, when we can align with the truth of love and recognize that fear is simply part of the illusion, then you'll start to see those coincidences that you were talking about, those synchronicities. We start to th see things that are really an extension of who we truly are. What are your feelings around fear? Fear. Oh, man. Fear is an amazing thing, I think, sometimes now that I think about it, because I don't. Fear got me to do a lot of things, right? Like being the fear of being broke <laughs> got me to got me to go do something about it, right? Right. The fear of getting shot got <laughs> me to stop being in gangs, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it could be a motivator. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a it's a motivator, you know. But the more I realized that I stepped into the alignment of love, right? I, I used to fear a lot more when I loved less. So I kind of feel like fear is just the lack of love in a sense. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? The lack of love for myself. But the more and more I got in alignment with myself and I started loving myself more, like, you know, we it's funny, we it's funny thing. We use that that term so loosely. Like, I love you, I love this, I love that, I love my car, I love my shoes, right? But then right. when you, when, how do you love someone or something when you don't love yourself in a sense, right? People are like, well, how do you know I don't love myself? Well, how, how did I know I didn't love myself? Well, because I was drinking alcohol all the time, right? Mm -hmm. I was smoking a lot of marijuana. I was, I was out in the bars doing crazy shit, right? And when people love yourself, you don't, you don't do that kind of thing. You take care of yourself a little bit more. You know what I mean? So when I, to think, to think about fear, right? Fear to me, like you said, what was it? False illusions appearing real or false oh, evidence appearing real. Yeah, that, that's really, that, that when I was introduced to that concept, I thought to myself, holy shit, that's, I've been tricking myself this whole time. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was, I was, I was scared of that for what reason, right? Like what reason was I scared of that? We created these things in our brains, in our minds. And on the opposite side, it's like talking like, um, 
like I, my brother's really scared of spiders, right? Like, he's, and he has every right to be scared of spiders, right? There's only like three or four or five, maybe only one here in Arizona that could bite you and kill you. The rest of them are just gonna basically bite you, but he's super, super afraid of them, right? And it's this little, little, little thing. And it makes me laugh because I know if I want to scare him, I want to, or if I want him to get to do something, I just threaten him with a spider, right? But fear really keeps him from doing things sometimes, right? Fun stuff, because he's scared of spiders. So no, he won't go climb a tree. He loves to climb trees, but because of that fucking spider, <laughs> he won't climb a tree, you know? And like I said, for, for fear for me, I, I was able to integrate that energy because it's an energy, I feel. Fear per, per, um, creates an energy, right? And that energy could be used to really shut you down or it could be used to propel you. Mm -hmm. And I use it as a, a, a as fuel, right? If something scares me, that's probably because I probably might want to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And if I can let that fear paralyze me, or I can let that fear be like a shot of an adrenaline and just go for it, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, I looked at for, for a long time, fear used to paralyze me, but now, like it's like like when you when you when you asked me to stay after class that one day. You're like, Mar, do you have a few minutes? I'm like, oh shit. Because normally when somebody asks you to stay after class, it's because you disrupted or you, you <laughs> rubbed them the wrong way. <laughs> you know? And then you said what you said, and we talked about having this happen. And then the fear set in again a little bit. It's like, holy shit, because this is the unknown. This is new to me. It's right. like, wait, you wanna we're gonna have this conversation on the podcast. And then, but I turned that fear, right? That fear, that false evidence appearing real. Right. right. What I, I thought about all the wrong things that could go wrong. I was like, wait a minute, let's use this as a motivator and use it as inspiration. And here we are having this conversation. Right. Yeah. Boom. That's how amazing this, this, this awakening can be. You know, for me, as you were talking, what I remembered is that um, I had a lot of fear around money growing up because I didn't have money growing up. And so the thought of not having enough or, you know, being poor as an adult was something that was sort of a residual experience of my life. And I, I really started to recognize when I paid close attention that whatever I feared, I had experiences that actually validated my fears. And so I was creating that because I was sending that in, like I was afraid of certain things happening and, and holy hell, it happened, right? It's like I was creating that, bringing, drawing that to myself. And so I started to really change how I experienced or what I believed um, that could happen or believed, like let go of those fears. And once I started to do that, I started to attract um, the opposite. It was amazing. Like for money, you know, when I was working, um, I have a doctorate. And one of the things that I had to do- Ooh, you're after, a doctor? Yeah, I am a doctor. <laughs> so um, that last year I had to stay at a hotel and it was gonna cost me about $800. I had to go take my, some of my comprehensive exams. I had to do some classes. It was gonna cost about $800 at the time. Um, I don't know why I didn't have the, I don't remember what, the, what was happening, but I remember not having the money. And thinking, oh, hell, I, you know, I'm not gonna be able to finish this program. I went to that extreme, right? Like the worst thing is going to happen. And I started practice the process of just letting go and letting the universe sort of take over. And so I basically, I must have written something down. I used to do this ceremonial process just in the beginning, because I used to like put it out there, but then I would hold on to it. I would worry about it still. So I really wasn't giving it to the universe. I was still worrying. I was still in that egoic mind or that egoic experience. And so 
I remember letting it go and saying, if I, this is supposed to happen, I trust that all things are going to come into, in, into play. It's all going to work out. And then I didn't worry about it. Two weeks before the program, I got a letter from Allstate. Now I lived in tech, my husband and I lived in Texas, then we moved to Germany and then we moved here and lived um, a place before we lived into our house. The, the letter was a check of some sort of claim I put in when we lived in Texas. So it had <laughs> crossed out address, crossed out address. It had four crossed out addresses and forwarded to here. And it was within a couple dollars of that 800 and some that I needed for the hotel. Wow. And yeah. So when I had those kinds of experiences, I was like, okay, you know, I don't need to worry. I don't need to worry. It's all going to work out the way that it needs to work out. Yeah, that is, that's amazing. Like you were telling that story that it, it things it's crazy how shit just happens, right? We've been right. fortunate enough. Like a lot of my times, my mom's like one of these money magnets, like when shit gets hits the fan and we're like down to the last dollar and we're like, oh my gosh, and we're spread out through different States. Right. For whatever reason, she'll, she'll pull off a miracle with money. Right. And it's that thing, though, you said before, people prepare for the worst, right? right? And hope for the best. But what happens when you prepare for the worst? Well, what you prepare for is going to happen. Right. So why prepare for the worst? Why not prepare for the best thing that could possibly happen? I told my mom this, and we had these conversations all the time because, man, no matter what, we'd be like on that last dollar. And I'd be like when this was a few years ago, and I could barely put enough gas to make it to work, right? Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, mijo, I went to the... I went to the casino and I won $5,000. And then she'd be like, here, here you go. And it's like, why do we have to wait until like, why do I have to put myself and make myself panic, mom? Like, why do you have to do that? Like, why do, why does shit need to be tumbling before like a, a, a ray of sunshine happens, right? Right, yeah, yeah. It, 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 we, and you did, we said it, we prepare. When we prepare for things, that what we prepared for is going to happen. So why not prepare for the greatest thing? Why not prepare? For a full tank why not prepare for a week's full of groceries with two days worth of work you know which is something that i've been able to do i work less now i work three days a week and i am more abundant now in three days a week than i was working six days a week stressed out alcoholic making three times as much money right okay i lied three times because I, I i almost double that now but in less time right three days yeah. six days worth of pay but I prepare for that, right? Yep. I'm prepared. I don't live in that scarcity anymore. So that's really cool. So that's exciting. Like to the T, 800 bucks. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we are going to kind of wrap this up today for our first episode. And I hope um, that folks are like, you know, enjoying our stories. Um, <laughs> and I think we have a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and we do have a lot more and they're, they're going to continue to come because when you talk and then I talk and then it sparks memories and then we go on that and it kind of goes along the guys what we're talking about and there it, it's fun is I have I had I didn't even know how long how much time has passed right now. That's how I know I'm having a good time. Yeah, and I hope that the listeners this is really with the intent um, for you to have these kinds of conversations and dialogue with those that you know, are in your life. And really, we will also want to know what you would like for us to talk about. Uh, if there are particular topics that, um, you know, that resonate with you, send us, you know, post it, send us an email, send us a message, and uh, we'll get it in our lineup, because we really want this to be not just about Mark and I, but, you know, everyone who's uh, listening along with us. 
Yes, this is a community experience, yo. Get involved. You know what I mean? That's 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 the way we got it. Yep. You know, and Stella could have did this on her own, but she was like, you know what? Mark might be fun to have on this. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, let's just so see Mark, what happens. What are we gonna talk about? <laughs> if somebody wants but, to get a t- in touch with you, what where do they find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram, right? At Mark underscore my underscore magnificence. And I'm really active on that platform as of the time being. I got more coming up here pretty soon. But right now, that's where you're going to find me and interact with me the most. Okay. So, and I need to follow you there too. I am at isellagarcia.com. And so Isela is I-S-E-L-A Garcia.com. And um, I'm going to be having an online class coming up in a couple months around uh, intuitive and spiritual development. So if you're interested in that, um, and oh, I have a downloadable that I'm going to be posting pretty soon. It's a downloadable in four easy steps to find calm in the midst of chaos. And so if you're interested in getting that, just go to my website and you can download. All right. So we'll see everyone next time. See you guys later. Thank you for hanging out with us. And look at you all professional with the dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember who you used to be? you really are magnificent is what you are i remember who i used to